are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Have you figured out that this thing called leadership is a lot more difficult than what it, that it looks? Um, I imagine when a person gets in a political position, they realize that it, it sounded good when they were running for office. But all of a sudden, my goodness, you got yourself out there and it's tough. I think all of us have recognized that in marriage. It doesn't mean our mate is wrong. It means that all of a sudden we're trying to figure out how do I, how do I really become a good husband? And then, then when you add to it children, I tell you, I preached the most incredible, incredible. They were awesome. I wish we'd have written a book. I preached the greatest book of messages on parenting and child rearing years ago. They were awesome. And then we had kids. To throw those messages away, it does, it's harder than it looks. You know the sad thing or the difficult thing with children? You get one shot at it. So I think I'd like to do a redo on this one. No redos. Every day is of utmost importance. Leadership sounds good until they promote you to that position at leadership at business, and then all of a sudden you think, my goodness, this is tougher than I thought. Do I deal with any competent people? Do I deal with anybody? Some of you shake your head with me. You know what I'm talking about. Now, any people that really wanna work and not just hang out by the water cooler or whatever you call it? Uh, is there anybody that really doesn't have a problem? Could you get over it? Could you just sort of be a big boy now? Well, I told my class, once in a while, this greatest church in all the world, but once in a while, I feel like hanging a sign out front, Jack's daycare. Take North Valley Baptist Church, and I know that's a poor me attitude, but you know what I mean. Leadership is great, but you need help in leadership, and that's what Moses is gonna get here. He's got these people, God calls them. Do you see it there in verse three? He said they're stiff-necked people. So the hour to, God said, God said you're stiff neck. Well, Moses said, God, I'm gonna agree with you. Verse five. For the Lord said unto Moses, say unto the children of Israel, ye are stiff neck people. And, and, and God, Moses, God said it. Now I'm saying, you folks are hard to deal with. Perhaps you have an in-law like that. that, like that. Uh, perhaps you have a, manager like that. Perhaps you're married to a person like that. Don't raise your hand, but perhaps you're married to someone like that. You know, leadership needs grace. The high school seniors, now we've promoted to be high school seniors. In order to do it right, you need grace. There's grace all through life in different subjects of grace. I think I was just visiting Brother Luke about a, a, a sweet family 30 miles from here. Their son graduated from our Bible college. He's a youth pastor. His brother's 21. He's enrolled. He's paid. He'll be here this fall. But his life came to a tragic end on the freeway this week, yesterday in a car accident. 
My heart is just so aching for that family today, that brother. He was such a good student here at college. Just a wonderful young boy. He's dating a sweet girl. Their mom and dad are such sweet people, good people, godly people. And yet this week, they'll have the sorrow of taking their 21-year-old boy to a cemetery and lay him to rest. They need grace, new grace they've never experienced before. Sorrowful grace, sad grace, hard grace. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be a hard situation. Is that, well, we had the funeral, it's over. No, 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 it lingers. And most everybody here has been associated with a loved one, a, somebody that's passed away, what we call early in life. And the grace that you need is overwhelming. And the grace they'll need for this next year or two or three or four or five and all through life, they're gonna have to have grace. Grace for strength, grace for courage. And here's a man, Moses, he just, just saw a great victory where he had the contest with, with Pharaoh. Now God says it's time to move the people toward the promised land. Moses, you're not going in. I'm not allowing you to go in. God allowed him to get up on the mount and look down and saw the promised land. But he said, Joshua's gonna be the one that takes them in. Moses is going to have to lead these people now. These stiff-necked people. These people that, that were so opinionated and so strong-willed did not want to follow leadership. These people that one day they didn't like what they're eating, so they started murmuring against God, and then they murmured against Moses, and then against his brother Aaron. These people that were thirsty one day, and they, they murmured against God, and murmured against the leader, and griping and complaining. You know, maybe tomorrow, and I think maybe it's a holiday, but the next year you go to work, maybe you ought to go to work without a chip on your shoulder, without a complaint to your boss. And when was the last time you told your boss something good? It's the last time you thanked your boss for your health insurance, if you have it, your paycheck. When was the last time you thanked them for the benefits you have? It was the last time we went to bed at night and pillowed our head and we said, thank you, Father, there's a roof over my head and I'm sleeping in the bed tonight. Years ago, years ago, I was apologizing to the students because they have beautiful rooms and beautiful beds and mattresses. We just ordered another 100,000 last week of dollars worth of beds and mattresses. They have a beautiful, they have air conditioning in the room. It's great, but I was apologizing. I wish it could be even a better situation. And a girl came up to me and said, Brother Treber, I have never slept in a bed in my life. We jumped everywhere. I just would sleep where I could. I slept generally on the couch. I never had a bed until I came here. Another girl said to me, she goes, I don't even know what it is to have, never had a room in my life. And this is the first place I'd ever call as having a room. Do not complain what you have given us here. I want you to know that leadership at work needs to be praised and thanked and honored. You don't need to be talking little, whispering little groups with employees. Go get another job. Do your job and do it with cheerfulness and do it with gratitude and thank your boss and be grateful and pray daily for your boss. The Bible says in this text that 
Moses was beginning to walk with God. He wanted to know, God, are you gonna, are you gonna be with me? I'm gonna lead these people, they're stiff-necked. And quite, I think sometimes, I know, if God and Moses could have ever gone on the same page, there'd be no Jews today. God wanted to kill him one time, and Moses said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't kill him, don't kill him. And then when God wanted to let him live, Moses said, kill him. God says, I'm not gonna kill him. So Moses prays to God. His prayer begins in verse number 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, may I say when you're leading stiff-necked people, that stiff-necked might be a son or a daughter, or you might be in a stiff-necked marriage or a job or something that is it's, it's hard, it's stiff-necked, go to God in prayer. Moses said unto the Lord, see, thou sayest unto me, bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom, who, know whom thou wilt send with me. Lord, you want me to take these people, but I don't know who's supposed to go. Yet thou said, you've promised me, God, I know thee by name. Look at verse 17, the latter part, thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. I'm so glad that God knows my name. And God can take my name and, and he, he knows my heartbeat, my heart cry. I know you, Jack, you're my child. The Bible says, Brother Chuck Flood, if you're in here, I remember years ago, he wrote, he said to me, Isaiah said that he wrote my name in the palm of his hands. I said, man, where's that found? I gotta go see that verse. I knew the verse but it just blessed my heart so much. I'm engraved on the hand of God. I'm engraved on the heart of God. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the, he, he knows. He knows my name. He knows your name. Young people today, he knows your name. You might be living in a wonderful, wonderful home. You might be living in a situation that's not that good. God knows your name. And here's Moses and he's talking to God, yet thou said to me, I know thy name, verse 12, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. That's what I think I could call personal grace. Personal grace. Jack Treber, it's personally for you. Brother Tom Apusin, God says, I've, I've, I have personal grace for you. You're, you're married all these years, coming up on 25 years here in a few days, I think. God bless you. In the ministry all these years and decades and, and raise those wonderful children, God knows. And though everything in his life is wonderful, it's amazing. He has struggles and trials too. Th things I don't even know about. And God says, and he'll refer to you first name, forgive me. Tom, I have personal grace for you. Principal of the Christian school, a wife, four kids, I have personal grace for you. I don't know, and, and this man's my son-in-law, I don't know all his needs. I don't know maybe some of his fears, if he has some. I don't know his struggles. But when Jack doesn't know, God knows. 
It's personal grace. And right on down the line, God knows the grace of these men. Notice they look very unpatriotic today on this Memorial Day. If one more person tells me I didn't wear red, white, and blue today, I'm gonna have to take your name out of the book of life. I'm not sure. I always do it. I knew we were gonna sing a song there about America, and I read it. I'm all fired up about it. Someone said, you didn't wear red, white, and blue. I'll put a red tie on tonight. Whatever. I'll, I'll be okay tonight. I'll change suits. Chill out, stiff-necked people. I, I thought the same thing I've always worn. I know July 4th is coming, but that, I'll, I'll, I'll change. I'll get it taken care of. God knows the, these young men need grace. It's personal grace. Notice what he says. It's not only personal grace, it's pleading grace. Verse 13, and wherefore I pray thee, I'm begging thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me, show me. It is, it is pleading grace. Oh, dear God, I, have, I need you. I need grace in my life. I need your favor in my life. Have you ever pled with God over anything? And I think sometimes we plead with God and it's sort of like right now, I wanna go through the fast food line, I wanna get my food, I've been in line two minutes, I wanna get out of here. God, I need you to come through now. But God's now might be, let's wait for a while. God says, I want you to slow down. I don't know why God doesn't just immediately answer. Maybe God wants me to talk to him. And maybe when everything is always good and always so easy that we neglect talking to God, but what a friend we have in Jesus. All our griefs and sins to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Perhaps our prayer life goes down when our blessings go up. And perhaps when our, what we think blessings go down and we're in the midnight hour and the sorrow and the hurt and the disappointment and the fear and the frustration and the anger and the anguish, perhaps in that moment, say, God, I need you. When I was in Bible college, I'd so often claim Psalm 12, verse one. Help, Lord. I love those first two words. I'd go to a class and say, help, Lord. I'd come out of a class. When I did not do as well as I wanted to, help, Lord, I've got, I have to please help me to learn this. Help me to capture, help me wrap my mind around this. I need to know it, I need to study it. Help me, God, will you help me open my eyes that I might see glimpses of truth I have for me. I can recall being single and I'd plead with God, <coughs> send me, please, send me a good, good lady in my life. And I don't know how it was or how this all happened, but I wasn't afraid. I wasn't fearful that my freshman year, there was no wife in sight. In my sophomore year, there was no wife in sight. My junior year, no wife in sight. And I looked over that campus, and though I had a list of 473 girls on the list, Look, none of them would, would work. I didn't worry about it. I knew that God loved me so much that God was gonna bring that right girl into my life. My wife told our class some years ago, Adam never went looking for Eve. God brought Eve to Adam. 
And that was, that's such a, I wish I had that years ago because I was, I was never frustrated. I didn't think, oh my goodness, I can't get a girl. You have to remember back, friends. This old bald head one time had a whole crop of head hair. Man, I was such a good looking guy. Lady came through the door, an older lady here a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and she said, here's what she said. Think before you speak sometimes. She goes, I bet at one time you were a good looking man. <laughs> Thank you very much. I bet you never were a good looking lady, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't say it. Can you believe? I bet at one time, Miss Trevor still thinks, no, she doesn't, but nonetheless, I never got, I became afraid that God wasn't going to send somebody. And then in the ministry working at her dad's church, and I'll tell you what, I was leading music, and this beautiful, gorgeous, blonde-headed girl was playing the piano, Cindy Swanson. And one day she said, Jack, well, excuse, she said, Dr. Treber, you lead the music, I play the music, how about if we make music together? I guess that was a proposal. So I said yes, pierced my nose so she could lead me around. It's been a wonderful journey. I tell you what, I, I never forget when the light went on. She didn't like me at first, I didn't like her. But God worked all that out. Have you ever pled with God? I was pleading with God. I wasn't worried, but I was pleading, God, I want a good girl. I didn't go to a tavern to find a good girl. I didn't go to some worldly amusement to find a good girl. I found God's choice for my life in the house of God. A girl that loved her dad, loved her siblings, loved her church, loved God. I want to tell you something. I can remember pleading with God. God, give me a good wife. God did not give us children for many years, several years, and but that's we we weren't we weren't. Oh, we got to get out of the ministry. We got to just get calm down. We just uh, uh, you know it's so terrible. Uh, we won't ever go on in life. Uh, it's, how are we going to live without kids? God knew that, but I'd pray alone. I'd say, Lord, I'd like to be a dad if. You'd be willing to give us children. I can remember all those years promising God, if you gave us children, we'll give them back to you. We'll try to raise them for you. We'll try to lead them in paths of righteousness. You know, God did that. I was looking last night at this property, and I saw how it was when we bought it, and then how we developed it, and then how we put these buildings here. There's three pictures in the hallway. It's just incredible pictures. And I can remember walking around this property and I could be, remember praying, oh dear God, please give us this property. I can recall when my boy was young, he's a pastor of a church now, and we'd get on our bicycles, particularly on Sunday afternoon, and went right out over here. There was a little tiny parking lot out here. That's all there was, just a little asphalt right out here and a loading dock back there, it's, it's gone. And we'd ride our bike and he knew, we'd just ride to the center. And would always stop. And either if I prayed the time before, he would pray. And I, I'd say, you're up to him. And he'd pray, God, give us this property. Tabitha, our daughters here, remember, when we'd get over here to these tennis courts on De La Cruz, we'd drive by and I'd say, 
caviar up. We pray, dear God, give us this property. Give us this property, please. Have you ever pled with God? I look at my prayer journal again this morning. There's some things I'm pleading with God over right now. I'm pleading with God. And Moses said, please, God, I've got to know you're going with me. I can't leave these people. Please, please. If Jesus, look, that's promised grace, verse 14. I find personal grace and pleading grace and promised grace, verse 14. And he said, my presence shall go with thee. I will give thee rest. Verse 15, and he said unto him, I like this verse, if thy present go not with me, carry us not up hence. God, if you're not gonna go with us, we don't wanna go. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere to Cambodia. He'll go with you. To Brother Andrew Al on those high rises of uh, Hong Kong, he'll go with you. Brother Marlon, who's over there in the islands of the Philippines, and Brother Joseph, Joseph Sabator over there, and our missionaries are scattered out of this college and this ministry all around the globe. He'll go with you. I can promise you that. These young preachers that are preaching all over this country out of this ministry here, God goes with you. You that are watching your pastoring in little cities of 2,000 people or 1,400 people, God can walk with you. I was watching while the choir sang and thank you for that song, I Am With Thee. And Naomi, as you sang it, I looked over there at Carl Harder Jr. Remember you singing that quartet in the quartet the night Bill Clinton was elected. I remember that night, Wednesday night. Tuesday night elected, Wednesday night service. Your quartet sang that so many times in that service. They just got, I got all over that thing. God got all over me. God's with me. I'll go with him through. He'll, he'll, walk, he'll travel with you. And here's a man, he said, Jesus, I, you promised, but if you, if you don't go, I'm not going. And then let me close, I see purified grace. There's, there's personal grace and pleading grace and promised grace and purified grace in verse 16. And for, for herein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. And it is not that we, uh, is it not that, uh, that, that uh, thou shalt go with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, for the people that are upon the face of the earth God, we don't want to look like the world, act like the world, act like the Egyptians, talk like them, dress like them, walk with them. We want to be different. You remember back the ch chapter before, chapter 32, why God called them stiff-necked? Because Moses went up to meet with God regarding God's plan for those Jews. And while he went up, the people down here corrupted themselves, the Bible says, and their music changed. And they called their song like a sound of noise. I, was, I, I know I'm always against contemporary. I know I'm against everything in life. I'm against breathing. I was hearing one of these contemporary songs this week. They whine. They're so negative. I worship you, God. I worship you. Oh, I worship you. It drives you crazy.
So it doesn't drive me crazy. Well, then you get enough of the right stuff, sort of like the bank teller. You get enough real money, you'll, you'll understand the phony. Brother Russ, you know what I'm talking about. You get enough of the right music, these great hymns of the faith. A mighty fortress is our God's a good song and all hail the power of Jesus' name is still a good song. And I know a lot of these were written in 17 and 1800s. And I know there's some more recent songs written nowadays that are great as well. These people, they change their music and consequently they change their worship. Read that chapter 32, you can read it for yourself. And then they changed their dress. They took the clothes off, became naked. And that's why God says they're stiff necked. Church is not trying to church, church, fit church into your life, it's you trying to fit into the house of God's life. I just finished this week, Exodus. Boy, I tell you what, you talk about a purifying people and a purifying high priest and purifying religion and worship before God. And he said, Lord, I, I want you to know that we will separate. When you experience grace and when I experience grace and we experience God's presence like it is, yeah, you'll always want to be clean. Forgive me for this illustration, Brother Fenera, if you'll stand here. I'm not trying to be humorous. And he represents God. You know what? And God calls me to be God-like, godly. I want to be like him. If he is God without sin and he is God, he's pure, he's holy, he's clean, I want to be like him. I still want to be like you. I still want to be like you. I, I want to be religious. I want to be a good person. As long as you leave me alone, you just, you just, you keep your distance. We'll let you be seated. God says here, to Moses, you're a leader. And Moses is pleading, can I get some grace, God? God said, I'll give you personal grace if that's what you need. I, I, I'll give you pleading grace where you can plead and I'll listen. And I, I'll give you promised grace and I'll give you purified grace. People are not gonna understand grace until you go through the fire and the flood. Through you go hardships. God's called upon him to be a leader in a hard situation, taking two million Jews from here to here, from point A to B, taking them from this country to this country. And they're complaining and they're griping, even his own brothers, his leadership made a calf to a false God. And the people got all messed up. And Moses came down and he got angry. He was upset what he saw as the leader. And, and, and through it all, God says, I still want you to take them. I don't want to. I'm not gonna take these Jews. But God, if you'll go with me, I'll do it. And God said, I'll give you grace. Mothers, you need such grace in being a mother. I, 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 I'm not trying to be humorous. I, I could never be a mother. I don't know how you do it. But every home needs a mama like you. You watch what's going on there. You see it. Every home needs a dad like you. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.